Hello, dear listener. You're, thank you for downloading, streaming, listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York. We have a wonderful episode in store for everybody today because we are joined once again by our reluctant shark movie correspondents. We have the lovely Jennifer Anderson back on the show. Hello, Jen. How's everything, darling? Hello. Hello. <laughs> you sound very excited to get into this. No, I am. I'm totally excited. We watched it. Uh, I have my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's many thoughts. There's many opinions. There's a lot to talk about. And, uh, there's return- a lot. Yeah. And, and returning back to the show, uh, your, your wonderful husband. Uh, both of you are great performers of Spooky Doings podcast. Um are you officially a doctor? Yeah, I am officially a doctor. Officially yeah. Dr. Tom Rizzuto, but more important than all of that, in my opinion, uh, you're all elite Tom Rizzuto, and we're going to get more in-depth <laughs> to that later. <laughs> That's right. I've joined the ranks of the many great doctors of wrestling, um, the dentist that the WWF had in the 90s. I was gonna say, who are the doctors um, of wrestling? Yeah, I was, I was about uh, to ask, like, how many can you name? Yeah, that's about it. Oh, uh, I mean, Papa Shango, he was a witch doctor. That's, that's kind of doctor. That's doctor yeah. You know, that, that doesn't count. However, I don't know uh, if you saw her uh, at your AEW appearance. Uh, former women's world champion Britt Baker is also a practicing de- dentist. Oh, wow. Is she really? Yes, wow. that's not she a gimmick. Really- I, I actually, I think she was, they were all there. Um, they not, I, I kind of found the, well, I guess this is part two of the podcast today, but they were a, for the, for the fans who don't know. Um, I, I am part of the official canon of AEW wrestling now. And yeah. uh, AEW has a great backstage vibe because they're all in costume, regardless of whether they're wrestling that night or not. And, they are hanging out. It's like a real like behind the scenes of a high school musical vibe, um, but with like really buff athletic people. Yeah, we we'll, we will definitely get to that at the end. But just just to let you know, yeah. uh, one of one of the things uh, about wrestlers is always have your gear with you because you never know when you'll be called upon. It's not like us where you can just improvise some shit in whatever you're wearing. <laughs> never know when a fight's gonna break out this is true uh but yes um last time i saw you at our our wonderful show that we had after way too long at young ethel's uh we're improvising the preview for the trench the mega two had just come out and asked you will you be on the podcast and talk about it and you rightfully said you don't want to watch it in the theater you want to watch something at home and you can joke about it freely because you're not a dick you're not dick people talking in the theaters no. oh god yeah no well also like i i didn't want to see the meg 2 before i saw the meg 1 because i knew there was going to be a lot of like really strong plot points uh and i have to say i'm going to come right out the gate about the meg i'm ready to because i know that we have to create controversy in the first five minutes here the meg more entertaining than jaws and still sucked so <laughs> steven spielberg yeah steven spielberg can kiss my ass jason statham can kiss my ass respectfully um uh well, well who would you choose to kiss your ass first respectfully and, and, yes spielberg, spielberg or statham Which Let, one? i mean you have to on, on a, in a line who would you line up first or would you have them each grab a cheek because when I tell I, someone I mean, to kiss, weird. when I tell someone to kiss my ass, I say get all parts of the ass. Right, <laughs> not some you can section off. Not yeah, half. You can section it off for per per spiel per um, you know per person. Like Spielberg gets one cheek, Statham gets the other. You know, you could split it up. Mm-hmm. Why not? I can't imagine Steven Spielberg sharing the. That's true. The screen. Yeah, that's true. The screen of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, you, I told you the Meg was on Hulu. You could watch it at home. You two could clown all you want during it and make all your content, which is justified. It is just... Hulu.com. Yeah. It is just a big shark movie. 
Um, would it surprise you to learn that this was based on a novel by Steve Alton, but has very little to do with the book? I actually looked that up because whenever I watch these movies, I always Wikipedia them because I'm just mm -hmm. curious as to like what happened to come up with this idea or like the backstory. And I did read that, but I didn't know that it was like nothing like the novel. So yes, in, in the novel, which I read years ago, uh, I accidentally got the, the second one first, The Trench, and then I went back and read this. Mm -hmm. And and in the books, they actually uh, describe a lot of the theoretical science behind megalodons, which okay. is basically all you can learn from teeth um, and, and posit the ideas of how similar they are to great whites and actually explain the science of those animals. This movie does none of that. None of that at all. It does not explain yeah. how Jason Statham's character, like it has the accident at the beginning where in a submersible, he saw Meg, uh, some people on the crew died, but he saved the rest of them. But people don't believe him. They think he lost his shit. Uh, yeah. And that's one of the very few similarities between the books. But that character then goes on to become the leading uh person in the field of megalodons this does none of that jason statham just goes off drinking and being all surly <laughs> yeah i mean you can't waste time on science in these movies or like logic or you know proven fact or any of those because this then you wipe out 90 percent of your audience and then like you have to do a lot of explaining for things that <laughs> don't make any sense later in the movie <laughs> So why waste time on science? Ridiculous. So Rick, do you have like specific questions planned? Because I have I have comments. <laughs> Give them to me. Give them to first, if, first if you can foremost. go somewhat chronologically with the film, I'd appreciate it. Oh, I'll go. But, I'll go but chronologically. if not, you do you. Here's the thing. First and foremost, um, the Meg uh, is obviously from a period of time in American cinematic history where things were specifically made for the IMAX screen. Oh, true. Yeah. And fuck that. Uh, because, <laughs> because when you watch it on a regular TV, everything is like weirdly stretched out and there's way too wide camera angles for the story taking place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two, uh, the, for, I was actually very surprised of the, the powerhouse cast in this movie. This actually had a reasonably, yeah. like, great people. cast yeah. like it, i mean jason statham is i find him. i actually do find him to be one of the more enjoyable action stars to watch yeah. on screen he's not bad um rain wilson rain wilson yeah i'm trying but i will say that rain wilson was unfortunately cast because you could see in the dialogue that they wanted him to be like a surly type bad guy but he's just too likable yeah um he he, he uh, gave off phony corporate interest prick pretty well to me yeah, I mean, he might just be the, uh, just the, you know, the bizarro timeline, natural, like, end game of Dwight Schrute, if he kept getting promoted in Dunder Mifflin, right, to the yeah. point where Dunder Mifflin had a aquatic science branch. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what the original, like, point of that sea base was, like, he was trying to find warm water under the ocean, who the fuck cares, is warm water above the ocean, why do we All need right, to... Let, 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 <laughs> that is strictly for the film in the novel. Oh, in the novel. Oh, okay. The 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 Japanese father character of Zhang, who in the film is played by Winston Chow, um, is actually much older in the novel that came out like twenty years ago, uh, possibly more. Um, as a child, he was in an American internment camp on the west coast, and he saw whales passing by. And in his mind, they were his only comfort. So he wanted to build an aquatic uh, sanctuary. Um, and there were submersibles involved uh, with his children in that so that uh, the migrating whales could come in, be observed, and then leave as they pleased. That didn't quite work out. And it sets up for... Uh, in the novel, capturing a Meg and having it in captivity 
later on. In this, I don't know why the big business is involved, but I believe it wholeheartedly also because I was all in, even though it was nothing like the book. I'm like, I am in the theater watching a big fucking shark movie. It's it's <laughs> yeah. in my in my yeah. mind, it's similar to a Godzilla Kaiju film. I'm like, they're big right. creatures, something's gonna get chomped. Let's get into it. <laughs> That's that was what it was for me. It's like we took a while to actually get to the to the shark. Yeah, more you know? shark. Like, All these shark movies yeah, need more shark. It took a it took a while to get there. And I get I get you have to like establish things, but I was like, we're an hour into the movie. Where's the shark? I mean, I've only seen shadows of shark. Like <laughs> we haven't seen the we haven't seen the actual guy. <laughs> um, waiting. Go ahead. More cast notes. Oh, more cast. Uh child actors i hate child actors i think that no movie should have children in them but this one was actually not bad by child actors stances yeah, i felt um, that way about evil dead rise so yes you're in good company oh fuck child actors who the hell cares um i know that nobody even wants them there like you can see you can see it in the eyes of the other actors working with them when the I other actors are like giving it everything just like i'm sorry i promise you and they're just like will there be cheerios like, get out of here you're not so you're not wrong in in that respect you're very jackie gleason of like you can't work with animals or kids and when i've oh, been on set especially babies um in order to get the shot it's like you know this baby's crying and being a dick being deaverish we need to bring in the prop baby always use a prop baby use the, yeah just use prop kids why not um you uh, can cgi Ruby a giant shark cgi a child yeah. yeah, that's the advances of AI. Making kids when you don't actually need them around. Just just an AI kid. Ruby Rose, um, also the victim of what I find in every action movie that has a, a female or at least female seeming character in it. I'm not quite sure how she identifies. I know there was articles about it around the time that she was in Orange is the New Black. But um, uh, every time there is a female character with any kind of skills they make her a brash dick and it sends the message to american girls that you that in order to be smart you must also be an asshole and i think that that is stupid and is anti-feminist and uh whatever i mean there wasn't much of ruby rose in the movie anyway there was just a lot of like aggressive typing and uh what else um, Dr. Tom Rizzuto, women's studies. Yeah, I mean, not uh, not quite sure of anybody else's actual name in the movie, but oh, that's what IMDb uh, is for, Tom. Can, can yeah. we say, can we say justice for Toshi? Toshi did not need to die. There was no reason why he, he he had four more steps of the ladder, but he was like, oh no, I must sacrifice myself. Now, if that isn't some uh some bullshit, I don't know what is like that. He was up the ladder. He was up the ladder. I think that that's wrong that they made Toshi do that. And I think that's and I think that that's a subtle fat joke against that other actor that was above him. Uh, the the wall. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it is one of the tropes in horror of someone having to 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 sacrifice himself. And, you know, some uh, sometimes you got a big ass. It's hard to get through. A letter. We'll talk about some justice a little further on in the movie, because I'm sure it's justice you're not aware of, but it's very amusing to me and and, and some others. Um, would it surprise you to learn that a lot of those characters are not in the book, but they just have like the same names of characters that are in the book? I wouldn't be surprised to hear that, no. Like, what do you mean? Um, DJ in, uh, in the book is uh, Xu Yin's brother. And uh, they have kind of like a competitive nature because she wants to be a submersible pilot, but her dad won't let her because, you know, patriarchy. Um, and his ass Which gets killed. What was that? Which one is DJ in the movie? Um, DJ is the bald-headed African-American gentleman. Oh, that feels racist. Played by Paige Kennedy. His name is Paige Kennedy? Yes. I was trying to figure out which one of the ladies was Paige Kennedy for the entire oh, credit sequence. No. Um, I was like, was that a blonde one? She looks kind of familiar. Mac, played by uh, Cliff Curtis, is uh, in the book um, a retired Vietnam helicopter pilot who meets Jonas while in the psych ward. And, you know, they become fast oh, wow. friends. Wow. So, who is Mac? 
Mac uh, was played by Cliff Curtis in the movie. He's the guy that convinces uh, Jonas, Jason Statham's character, to uh, join him on the base and do the thing. Um, now, in the book, uh, DJ's submersible uh, implodes because of a little crack in the gla- in the plexiglass, mm-hmm. which causes the pressure to change. His head explodes. Uh, they start oh. hauling that submersible up with a tow cable, and the the Meg gets through into the cold and cold ocean waters uh, after the thermocline because of the nice warm blood. It's bathing in the warm blood, so it can get into that cold well, that's water stupid. comfortably. There's not enough blood in a human head to warm a Meg. <laughs> what about the rest of the body? What about the rest of the body? Uh, we don't know. We don't know anything about Meg bodies. We know that they. No, I mean the rest of the like, human body. Oh, I don't know. Listen. Also, I'm questioning the entire the entire field of marine biology right now because the only part of a megalodon that has survived into modern day is the gigantic teeth. So they just built a great white body, a great white body around it, just based on sheer like trying to make it look cool. Just based because, on tooth. yes. Yeah, we have no idea what it looked like. There's, there's, we have there's no like fossils and stuff, aren't there? I, I don't think no. so. I, I, I think it's no. just the teeth. Shark, sharks yeah. don't have bones like you or I. It's just cartilage. That's why it sinks, and all you find uh, is the tooth. Well, that. Why would you be? You're not a marine biologist. I'm not. No. I don't think. Right. I don't even think marine biologists are marine biologists. <laughs> um. I mean, once you learn like how like academia works, you also learn that nobody is is nobody is really as smart as anybody like like we're selectively smart in our fields of study well no like like the entire like this is way off the topic but if we ever talk about the mummy returns which we won't we will the uh, the entire field of egyptology uh the people who went into egyptology when the field was being developed were not historians or geologists or anybody they were art historians because mm-hmm. the because there was so much cool stuff so the entire like the entire like our entire thoughts of what Egypt may have looked like in the ancient world is based on artistic renderings and has no scientific basis whatsoever. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So I, I mean, gotta thank you for that, Tom, because you know, having gone to 12 years of Catholic school, there's nothing I love more than shattering the myths that define people. So oh yeah, yeah. Always share Those that are- with me. Um uh, where, where are we in the in the storyline right now? That, that's okay. Now that, um, now that we've Hoshi seen, been, now that we've seen yeah. Meg, uh, our Hoshi giant shark. Killed. I will also say I expected the Meg larger. Um, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I expected uh, it to be bigger. Um, I think it was big, but yeah, I mean, like that was a megalodon. That was a pretty bigalodon. A pretty bigalodon. Um. Uh, uh, the Meg, what what is yeah. so you, you don't think it was large enough? No, nah, I want more. I, I mean, listen, I mean, like get a CGI and CGI. I mean, yeah, you got you have the world at your disposal. Like, make this thing, make this thing outerworldly. Like, also, so I, the know? the the main the leading lady. Could we make her a little bit more interesting? I don't know what. Like, I know she was a integral part of the plot, but I don't know what why like i know that like she was around she was the guy's daughter you know jason statham was into her she was the she had the kid also what mother of a what single mother of a child would put herself in mortal danger as much as this woman yeah true like like it's like hey who's gonna go down in the experimental shark cage is it the muscly psychopathic adventurer no it's me the 120 pound lady with the daughter who's scared all the time i'm gonna go down there and no other parent yeah that that daughter is not in the book. Like I said, it was the thing of like I want to prove to my. Dad. They added that child whole cloth. What an injustice to the cinematic world. <laughs> yeah, in the book, it's I want to prove to my dad that I can do this shit, uh, yeah. and she can. Um, another thing, child uh, is unnecessary. Yeah, also that was what an unnecessary a, addition. What a shitty name for a hero, Jonas. Okay. <laughs> Well, one Just thing, one thing that's very, that throws you off a lot, uh, they talk about his ex-wife, Lori, uh, who's trapped in the submersible with uh, Toshi that you had strong feelings about. 
Uh, she's played. Wait, by, wait, wait. Jonas's ex-wife was the blonde girl. Yes, Lori. Uh, played by. Do Jessica, we know that? Yes, Jessica McNamee. That's what. what that's what gets okay. him to to do the rescue. His ex-wife. Now, in the book, he and his ex-wife are not on good terms. She is fucking someone else because of his megalodon obsession. But she's also kind of a tabloid reporter uh, looking to get awards. So when she finds out Jonas is right, she thinks, ka-ching, I have the gateway to the story of the century. Uh, she gets eaten, of course. Uh, would that all of our exes, <laughs> maybe not all, but yeah. most of our exes could be eaten by a giant shark. Yeah. Um, then they try to like work in the shark fin hunting storyline. And listen, do I love shark fin soup as a concept? No. But if we woke up tomorrow when every shark was dead in the world, would I care? Absolutely not. Because whenever they talk about we need sharks, all everybody's just like, I believe I talked about this on the Jaws episode too. Yeah. Drummer from Soraya, you remember that. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, uh, Brianna I, has a name. What's and, that? And Brianna has a name and she's Paisan. Oh, she is? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> the, the, it's the only person I know for sure listens to this. <laughs> so well, thanks a so, lot. Well, I know not. I'm sure we have many uh, spooky doers, but like I'm sure there's, but her I know for sure because she comments <laughs> on the on the page. So, um, uh, and they're a great band. I like their music a lot. So they are wonderful. The, um, so the the when people are saying, "Oh, we need sharks. We need sharks." Why? And they're like, oh, the delicate marine ecosystem, delicate marine ecosystem. Facts for you. There are less fish in the ocean than ever before. So we don't need them to eat those. We need those. Two, why do you believe I can't eat a seal? I'll eat a seal right now. People have been eating seals for hundreds of years. We don't need sharks to eat all the seals. And three, why do sharks need to eat people? Like, And I know, oh, I they're just tasting. Fine, they're tasting you. I don't want to be tasted. Get the hell out of here, shark. Why can't we get rid of sharks? Like they, like we can't figure out how to get rid of sharks. We can't figure out how to keep them from you. You you offered for Steven Spielberg and Jason Statham to kiss your ass, but you don't want them to taste it. Rude, rude. (laughs) You're probably quite succulent. Uh, (laughs) Sharks when 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 they're coming below you, very scary. When they're coming directly at you, uh, you know, on the right level, they're just big dumb sea puppies. They're so cute. Yeah, you're Except in their the house. Yeah, you're in their house. Why are you trying to dictate what happens in the ocean? Leave because them alone. I am a human being. Mm-hmm. I deserve to go wherever I want and not be eaten. <laughs> we'll see this. Why this human privilege. Human privilege. <laughs> I'm a human being. I should be. I'm no, a human see, being, not a human. Their see, house. This is this is one of the things that are explored uh, in in the novel. Uh, and positive very slightly in the movie is that you know we know so little about the oceanic depths there's so much of it that's and let it go unknown who the fuck cares i live up here exactly that's that's the hubris of man that we live know everything no we live on a planet that's mostly water and we call it earth because that's where our stuff is right yeah right right Right. We're gonna go down to the bottom of the ocean and see what fucking like a iridescent shrimp. Who cares? You're so you're very you're contradictory now, right nope. now, because you're like I want. Who cares about the ocean? And then yes. also fuck these sharks. Yes. If you don't care about the ocean, let the sharks just live. No, because I disregard them. Let them live. Who cares? Don't go in the water. Don't put your toe in there. You already don't go to the water. We never go to the beach. You never take me to the beach, even though I ask because you're scared of sharks hopping up onto the sands to eat you there. If they hop onto the sand and try to eat you there, then you have a point. But the sharks live in the water, stay out of their house. You're not in their house anyway. I'm trying to keep you from your natural enemy, the sun. <laughs> That's true. Wait a second. Uh, Jennifer is a Florida gal. Um, That's true. And you're trying to keep her away from the sun and the beach. How dare you? Here's what yeah, you don't know. You, everybody, Rick. here's thank what you, you don't Rick. know about Florida, everybody. You're like, oh, alligators, oh, crime. Yeah, that's all true. That's true. Here's the other thing you don't know about Florida. In Florida, everybody is inside constantly. Nobody is outside That's in Florida. True. That's also true. Everybody's inside with their air conditioning mm-hmm. and their, you know, guns. And they don't they don't come outside. Those are the 
those are the locals. I know that from, you know, an aunt that lived in Hialeah. It is the tourists outside. But yes. Yeah, the tourists are outside. Yeah. yeah. It's like New Yorkers. You're going to find New Yorkers in Times Square? You're absolutely not. No. Why would yeah. Why would anybody go there? No, no you won't. Same deal. The beach is the Times Square of Florida. The, now, that's true. The beach is the Times Square of Florida. Now, in Tom's defense, Denver, uh, when you go to the beach in Florida, uh, you can get in the water and you can look down and you can see your feet. In New York, when you see feet in the water at the beach, they belong to someone else. They belong right. to someone that, uh, let's say, uh, had to be taken care of and they're just floating That's by. Perhaps their middle That's name is The, like Bobby the Neck yeah. or something <laughs> like that. It's a, it's a quality joke. Perhaps. It's not 100% original. <laughs> But I'm saying, can we just at least go to the beach? Like we don't have to get into the water. No, look what happened to those. Look what happened to those people at the end of the movie. Yeah, they weren't the ones in the water. I'm not saying get in the water. Just go to the beach. Just go there and sit there. We do have a beach vacation planned actually next week. So oh, this is not <laughs> what? Oh, what? But I will let you know how often he goes into the water, which is zero. Compromise. Go to the beach yes. like I go to the beach at night wearing Doc Martens and a leather jacket. That, but that's great. I would love that. That sounds fantastic. I'd be all about that. And then, you know, I go to I'd the burlesque all- show at Coney Island, then I see ass. Anyway, <laughs> I like that you <laughs> that you brought up later on. Before we get into that, actually, um, so we, so they have the Meg, they drug the Meg, the Meg dies after the Meg acts a fool, and then suddenly, boom, another Meg. And they're surprised by that. Well, you think that there's just one Megalodon that's been there for 50,000 years? What? Yeah, Why are they surprised the that there's not a breeding population? Also, they're calling... The, I think Rain Wilson gets on his phone at that point. This like really bothered cell, Jen. This was this the only was, part that bothered Jen. Bit, well, other things bothered me, but he like gets on his cell phone in the middle of the ocean. Like, okay, there's a cell phone tower out here. Are you for real? Like, there's there was a lot of things that fit. This was like the what was the other shark movie we watched? And Deep they, Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. And she did something like, oh, the heart rate or whatever. I was like, that's not a shark's heart rate. Like, it's always these little details that catch me, now, that get I, me as a scriptwriter myself. I might be mistaken, but I think he, they established that that character had a satellite phone. Does that make it a oh, little yes. bit better to I miss that detail. Because Jen slept through the first 35 that's, minutes of the movie. That's only partway accurate. <laughs> maybe the first 15 but he started it when i was napping so that's on you okay yeah that that is on you that's on you that you started the movie when i was yeah, napping. you were awake i said do you want to watch the meg and you were like yeah let's do it and i turned it on and you immediately fell asleep. that's absolutely not true you never asked me i woke up and you had started it and i was like you didn't ask me if you wanted to start well you obviously started. slept through the conversation that is so untrue that's lies in abundance today Lies in abundance. Love. It's <laughs> anyway, they were trying to like they were trying to push the storyline that the Meg was trying to avenge sharks for the human mistreatment of sharks. And that that's they not... never followed up on it, nor was it stupid. Well, I, I think they wrote it and they realized it was so stupid that they couldn't even acknowledge it again. Their minds blanked over it when they were editing. Because <laughs> that's not they got I... the took from that uh shark fin thing i figured let's let's cram in the environmental message and i just take it that the blood is what yeah, attracts they're scared but they're scared of environmentalists because environmentalists have no fun that's that the environmentalists they spend so much time in the ocean looking for sharks that's why they're all their blankets are wet <laughs> oh boy <laughs> Okay. Would there only would would only for God to have given me an ass so large that they all could kiss it? Because it, it, I need the I need the megala ass. The megala ass. The megala dump. Megala rump is is what I know. Yeah. Then there's the second uh, meg. Then they kill a whale for some reason because they couldn't tell the difference between a whale and a gigantic shark. Gun-toting corporate motherfuckers, no. They just see big thing and shoot it. Uh, So, yeah, Rain Wilson gets his 
comeuppance. Uh, things are going down. Uh, we had also the shark never actually strikes the boat. It's established that the shark is larger than the boat. The shark knows where the boat is. The shark never actually. The shark always just misses the boat. Well, these things will so happen. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, my guess I mean, is George the wake of of the moving shark probably affects more than a collision itself. That's bullshit. Anyway, um, so <laughs> we get to that that large beach scene uh, that you're you've remarked about. Um, I'm guessing that you only saw Jaws the one time that I asked you to watch it for the podcast. Is that correct? Oh no, I've watched it like six times since then. Okay, cool. So if you remember, no, of, course, of course I only watched Jaws that one time. <laughs> I watched it again. I didn't enjoy it the first time I saw it. It was like, oh, they made a movie about a shark that no one can see. Oh, so brilliant. Oh God. The only thing that was good about that movie that I thought was actually uh, that was better about Jaws than people say was was the um was the music. I think the music was actually so much more than people make fun of it for. And oh, the music is really yeah. and the movie itself was just like so like, I needed more shark. I needed more shark. But you know, I will say one thing about Deep Blue Sea that is that I will give the writers of Deep Blue Sea is that Deep Blue Sea is one of the first action horror whatever movies that I have seen that they acknowledge that when their friends die, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is true. Not this Deep Blue. I'm sorry, I, meant, I said Deep Blue Sea, I meant the Meg. Deep Blue Sea also Meg. sucks. Yeah. Yes. Um a, a lot of times in horror they don't uh, spend a lot of time grieving. That is a very valid point. Bravo! I, I gotta give. Usually, it to usually they're in dire circumstances. There's not too much time for grief when you're getting chased by a megalodon. There, you know there, what I mean? There's a few others that deal with it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Night Nancy Thompson and Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, and and also a Nightmare on Elm Street three. They deal with some grieving. Uh, Okay. Yeah, the Elm Street series is pretty good about dealing with uh, grieving, but then back to business. So yeah, you probably don't remember in Jaws the Kittner boy who wanted to get a raft and go back into the water. Uh, his mom advises against They killed to remind people that children were were not supposed to die in the sea eaten by a giant monster shark. Is right. that what they, that kid was? So the, the kid in this movie, uh, the little Asian boy who does that, that's kind of a homage to Alex Kittner, oh, and oh, he survives. Right. So, so there's a he justice does. for Alex Kittner portion. Does that surprise you to learn and, about that? And and if you want to, if you want to take that metaphor a little bit further, there was a dog because yeah, Jaws yes. also oh. killed a dog, and Pippin, the small dog, also survives. Yes, uh, because Pippin was the dog that gets eaten in Jaws. So both of those characters oh, managed to survive and get their justice oh, in the Meg. The dog's name was Pippin in Jaws. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huh. So if you look at it about 40 years later, give or take, um, the Meg righted wrongs that no one else felt was wrong, perhaps, uh, for these slain fictional characters. Well, good job, Meg, avenging yeah. the deaths of these. Are we ready to talk about the bullshit about how they finally killed the big Meg? I, I, I was just about to get into it. Go for it. I would have never been more mad at the ending of a movie in my entire damn life that the and uh, that i i Never. i will take a hundred i will take a hundred sopranos endings over the ending of the mag sopranos ending was classic Are you um, kidding me? it was a classic they, ending you didn't watch the series they uh, and also i live this series and also the last <laughs> no you do not oh, wait Sidebar, let's talk about how much Jen hates Italian people. <laughs> Don't give <laughs> me sidebars. Stay on topic. <laughs> anyway, can, can we so, make the, the Spooky Doings con podcast controversial, please? Stay but on topic. They so like they said, oh, all the sharks of the world come and eat the Meg. Stupid. Hang on, Absolutely hang on, stupid. hang on, hang on. You think all the Why sharks of the world? In that water? All of them in the world converged on this man. Well, they had they had representatives of all the best known shark species. They had great whites, they had hammerheads, they had bull sharks, and they were all like all those sharks who just happened to be in the area, but were not bothering eating these people. Were just like, oh, let's go eat this gigantic shark. That's fine. Also, where are the other Megs? There has to be at least one other Meg because presumably the smaller one was the son of this big one. Where's the mom? 
Do Megs lay eggs? Are they, they are they are the kind are they the kind of sharks that that because when I actually thought when they when they killed that whale and there was other sharks around, I thought that that was the Meg's babies because a lot of sharks give birth to live young like mammals because they're devil monsters. And um that was not the case. But then they have all these sharks come and eat the Meg to death. Dumb. Where were these sharks when they when they had the other Meg? Where were all these sharks? Um, okay, there's a lot to go on there, and then I'm going to tell you how it ends the book, and then I want to hear which ending you prefer. My guess is going to be neither. But in the book, it's probably way. dumb too. The book, they're probably like, oh, we learned to live with the Meg, and we harnessed it for power, and that's how we run the station now. And we just feed yeah. it whales. Now, uh, as we know, blood attracts sharks. So uh, when that whale is dead. Uh, presumably the blood of the whale is attracting all of the other sharks to feed. And then they disappear because the larger predator uh, comes nearby. You also see that in the in the plexiglass tube scene when they're chumming. There's all these other sharks in the water and then suddenly they scatter. That means the Meg is there. So presumably, while I don't think it, uh, the, the death of the Meg in the film attracted all the sharks in the world, just the ones in the vicinity, because that's a lot of blood. Uh, the ridiculous Jason Statham, I'm going to make this thing bleed and, and cutting it open and stabbing it with a piece of jagged metal in the eye to get to its tiny shark brain. It's ridiculous. However, when you're in the theater and you've had your popcorn and your Pepsi, I'm all fucking in, in the moment and loving it. Now let's change this to the book. In the book, Jonas is haunted. He keeps a megalodon tooth uh, as kind of a good luck talisman. Don't ask me to explain that. I'm not superstitious. They are trying to keep his neck to the flavor play clock. No, in in a leather satchel. They drug the Meg and they are going to tow it into the aforementioned uh, uh, aquatic uh, space. Uh, because they don't believe that you should kill this creature. What they don't know uh, is that Meg was pregnant. It has given birth. uh, And based on great white sharks, a lot of sharks eat each other in utero. Um, And then when they are birthed, they're just kind of left to their own devices if the mother doesn't eat them herself because of all the blood. Um, One of those shark survives and they tow the baby into that marine sanctuary and that sets us up for a a sequel um but in order to save the rest of the crew and their damaged boats and the numerous tourists that are with boats that are coming out to see this meg get towed when it wakes up and it's angry it's coming at all of those humans and jonas in his own submersible Drives his directly into the megalodon's mouth. He gets into the out, mouth. Into the mouth. He gets out of the submersible with his tooth, and he's in the esophagus, and he just starts cutting with the tooth, cutting, cutting in its way to the cavity where the heart is, and severs the megalodon's heart within. Pulls it apart, gets back into his submersible, turns it around, and uses the nitrous to propel the submersible out of the shark's mouth as the Meg sinks to the depths and is dead. Which ending? Yes, there there is flashlight. That's the better ending, but I think that actually that would have been a better ending to the movie than all the the sharks coming to help us. Yeah, that would have been that would have been more in line with like just a good action movie you know like just just suspension of all disbelief as mm. opposed to this like sharks are friends type of storyline yeah no i like that one better yeah i did too actually i, like I also one. like the book ending better especially the way that it's written like he follows right. the beating yeah. heart like it's a drum uh yeah calling to him because even with like, a flashlight he can't see shit and the shark stuff you know digestive acids are burning his feet um yeah. but it's written very well so did uh did they get together romantically at the end in the yes book? they did because you know his ex-wife is dead 
then they can get romantic and in subsequent sequels uh they are married uh they have kids you don't they don't really do that in this movie uh so that you know you can get the film shown in china uh you don't want a lot of sexual references in the international markets and you don't want to do edits so that's why this is a big hit so would either of you consider reading the novels because admittedly they get wacky no, so of course not. But you think them. we would say yes? No. I'm dedicating my life to reading a novel about sharks? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Are the listeners surprised? I I would say yes. My only my only because I enjoy reading crazy things, but my only uh my only thing would be I don't get a lot of reading time. So it would take me probably a very long time. But I mean, how long is the novel? Um, they're average. They're, we're not talking like they're Stephen average. King size. Okay. Like 250, something around there. Give or take. Okay. I could probably, I could probably devote some time to reading that, but I just don't get a lot of reading time with my own, with my work schedule, but I might, I might see if I could. If you were willing to do part two of this in January. um... Yeah. And that's, yeah. When would we we discuss it? What's the due date? (laughs) Uh, My next question would be when this is streaming as our reluctant shark film correspondence Will you talk to uh, come back on the show and talk about the trench? Yeah, I would. Oh, watch yeah, it. I would definitely I'd watch, watch Meg too. Yeah, like, I'd like to see Meg. I didn't honestly, as a movie, I didn't dislike the Meg. I mean, it sucked, but it means I just doesn't mean I disliked it. We appreciated it for what it was, you know. Yeah. Like uh, there were moments where we tried to get, you know, like just all the sharks helping out. Like, all right, I don't need that. When you see something like that, you just want it to be like, I want action. I want to suspend my disbelief. I want to like. You know, I'm a big ass shark. If I think it's CGI. Then let's let's really use CGI and make it crazy. And movies so, have gotten so preachy lately. I was like, what, what are they going to try to sham, right, shove down my throat in the I Meg don't Two? Want to be taught anything? Yeah, like, that's like somebody's gonna somebody's gonna go into the Meg Two and come out like, oh my god, I've been wrong all along. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. people like now, to see Meg. As, I would like to say, stupid as this franchise is, if Meg Three is hiring, Jen is an actress. I think. And- <laughs> completely yeah i'd be i'd be like a i'd be a marine biologist yeah, i know you, more about man sharks but i could do it oh the man the man and, and it's like about manatees, manatees. yeah, yeah they're just that. floating I'll around write that myself yeah i like that so, one like so that if idea. you're available to go to hawaii or manila or wherever they they film this on, on a tropical type set with a lot of sunscreen Absolutely. you're down yeah, absolutely. I could act against CGI. Well, the, the third book um, has them dealing with the Meg on one of those uh, reality shows that were popular at the time that the book came out where people are putting themselves in danger. So it's a possibility. Okay. Um, would, uh, I, well, I doubt any of the subsequent films will have anything in common with the books other than the title and the Jonas character. Um, uh, the, the second one deals in some light terrorism uh so there's that to look forward to (laughs) great great awesome looking forward to that absolutely light terrorism and and now in in uh, one of the weirdest segues that i feel only i can do because it deals with uh uh two of my great loves shark movies and all elite wrestling (laughs) because i i loved when when you told me like i can't talk much about it but i'm playing guitar at a wrestling show at the ubs arena and I said, and I responded to you, Tom, with, I already have my tickets. So how yeah. <laughs> did how did you get contacted uh, to play guitar uh, in AEW for the world champion MJF uh, for his homecoming show a couple months back? Well, I'm trying not to break kayfabe here. Um, I, which I believe that. just even talking about kayfabe is breaking kayfabe. But uh, so as we know, MJF, uh is a long island native and he is also a uh as um you know in addition to being uh just a a real you know good wrestler i guess he is um he is a singer as well and he wanted to perform for his homecoming show which uh took place on Passover. Um, he wanted to perform some Italian uh Italian swing songs with a with a big band. 
and we uh put together my my friend from college who is now a a big shot music director for a school district his name is michael rogers he put together the a swing band uh called the heel turns i love it and and mjf uh drove up after his workout in his spaceship looking car and rehearsed with us and we uh got to we got to go into the ubs arena we got all access passes which i abused they will never give an all access pass to anybody ever again because of me because what? i went everywhere <laughs> oh, about, how how did you abuse it please don't tell me you walked into tony khan's office and said hey what are we doing today uh, pretty much, actually. I went everywhere. I went because that all access pass gives you access to everything. So I ate dinner with the wrestlers. In case you're wondering, wrestlers eat uh, very bland Latin food um, because it's just basically just meat and rice. Um, I, <laughs> but it's free. Then, free. It is free. It's meat, rice, um, some legumes for the vegetarian wrestlers. And then what I thought was interesting was just a dessert spread that would make Willy Wonka jealous. Just chocolate and cakes and everything. And matzo ball soup because it was Passover. So um and and a just a really Rick, I think you would appreciate this. Just a spectacular variety of hot sauces. Just any mm. kind of hot sauce you can imagine was there. So I would love um, the fuck out of that. Admittedly there so, was a part of me when I had asked you if if there would be comp tickets for Jennifer, even though I had already purchased mine with beautiful lady i was kind of hoping you'd be given four and that uh, we could all watch the oh, show no, together was, uh, but you you didn't jen ask and that's home. fine jen was at home watching impractical jokers um yeah. and then he met the impractical jokers. yes yeah MJ, mjf was on the impractical impractical jokester oh, show he was. yes yeah so i, I haven't that. seen it yet um but yeah they were there um they were very nice yeah if i could just um, interrupt because I yeah. wanted to also know, because I know you're, you stated you're not a fan, but I didn't know about Jennifer. And, and I told you this, Jen, I w thought it could go one of three ways. Number one, you don't know shit about fuck regarding wrestling. Two, right. you know what everybody knows about wrestling, the big names, if you, even if you've never watched it. Or three, being yeah. from Florida, you know shit about Dusty Rhodes that even I don't. Right. I think Dusty Rhodes was there. I'm a combination of one and two. Right. Like, I, I I really don't know anything about it. I know that it's like, I know who Hulk Hogan is, and I know racist. who The Rock is, Not and racist. I know who MJF now is. And I, I mean, I did watch when he was on it. I don't know much, but I know, like, I know that the WWF was before, and it, like, got you know disbanded and no, now it's it, oh it didn't give it no it renamed wwe because oh. world wildlife federation friends oh okay i didn't know that that's i just true. learned that um so that's so i'm like i'm like 1.5 again environmentalist don't want to let anybody have a good time right i i would say i'm 1.5 like i'm kind of in in between i'm so, not i'm not into wrestling really at all that, in, in any way shape that's good to say know. um tom before you yeah. get into it dusty roads was not there. He's very dead. His son Dustin might have been there. He, uh, yes, I believe he. There was somebody Dusty there, <laughs> and Jeff Jarrett was there. Who I knew who that was. Yes, you texted me that, and my response was, "I spent yeah. thirty years of my life hating Jeff Jarrett," um, which tells yeah. me Jeff Jarrett is really, really good at his job, which is making people hate him. So I appreciate that, and also staying ambulatory as a wrestler, like. A lot of these like young studly people were in a lot of pain backstage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, they fall for a living. I mean, I I notice doing spooky doings when I tell everybody have their death. I realize I'm the only one that's still kind of throwing myself on the floor and I ache afterwards, but I do it for the performance. Most of y'all, you don't go that far no more. No. No. I'm too old. Also. <laughs> I'm too old. I can't afford the injury and the PT. <laughs> um, I well, because I was wearing, I was dressed for a uh, jazz performance, so I was wearing a um a shirt and a tie, and you know, in 
in the land of the blind, the man wearing pants is king. Like if you are fully <laughs> dressed back at a wrestling show, everybody assumes you are the boss. And I took full advantage of that. I went everywhere. I went to the sound booth. I touched the belt. Like I, I, um, people were holding doors open for me. Like the, the one time somebody stopped me, somebody from the, oh, somebody asked me who I was. I said I was the, um, I said I was the notary for the UBS arena. Uh, and the notary. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the one time somebody stopped me, uh, when I was going through a door, somebody was like, sir, 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 you can't be there. And I was like, oh, that's it. I pushed my luck. I was like, oh, sorry. It was a mistake. And he's like, just please go through this door. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I went yeah. to the same area. I watched the, I watched the matches from the area where the wrestlers come in and out. Mm -hmm. And um, it's actually fun to watch them do that because they are like, they, I mean, how much, I don't know how much kayfabe we can, or do we acknowledge that it's pre-scripted? Like, is that something that we can acknowledge Predetermined is the preferred term. Okay. No disrespect to my, to my, um to my brothers in arms in the AW, but uh when they are, you know, cause we, we know that this, this came about through improv. They do a lot of improv themselves. And when they are yelling at each other from either coming off the ring or getting into the ring and stuff like that, in general, they know that they people can't really hear what they're saying. Mm -hmm. So they are just the stuff that they are yelling is the most basic stuff to the point where I wish they let people hear what they were saying on TV because it would actually be funny. Mm -hmm. Like they were getting off, they would be like they they were getting they were like they were like beating their chest and yelling, but they're yelling things that are very like they were like, I want to fight more. And then the referee's like, you can't fight anymore. He goes, but I want to fight more. And the referee's like, no, you're done fighting tonight. And then as soon as they know that they there's like a there's like a line in tape where the cameras mm -hmm. can no longer see them. And as soon as they pass that line, they're just like, all right. <laughs> well, because you never the cameras these days have, or the microphones rather can pick up a lot, uh, which is is really uh, fascinating to me but uh let, let's switch it up because you made a very uh what i felt was a touching post uh about your performance so how do oh, you feel? Make me serious on the spooky doings podcast yes man? i you am me okay please and tell we'll our listeners right uh how you felt performing even though you know i i knew where to look for you because you before we get into that i did love that you came out right in front of the section where jen and i were sitting a uh, beautiful lady, right? Yeah. Uh, we're sitting, um, and you know, I yelled out to you. I took a picture. I was, I was so fucking proud that you were a part of this, in you know, your field of music. And I could see you a couple of times on camera. I had to really look for you as you were off towards the side. But you know, you're there. You're performing music for literally thousands of people, not far from your home, and millions on TV. So. How'd that feel for you? It is amazing. It is a feeling like, you know, unlike anything else, because when you are performing, you do get, even if it's in the, um, the very stylish back room of young Ethel's in Brooklyn, like what you, uh, you get like a certain amount of energy from the crowd and to get it from that many people, like there is something like supernatural about it. Um, and it just certain like things that you like you, i was aware that there are certain things that i am experiencing in this moment that most people who do what i do which is music and stuff will never get to experience that's like the sound of hearing notes that you're playing in a sports arena is insane like it's something that you like it doesn't even compute when it's happening or like the um like the the idea of being part of a it's hard to explain without but it's like you know the idea of being part of a show like that is wild because you can't like I will say, you know, uh, to the wrestlers, they, um, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. So, like, they are superstars. 
like MJF and his people are are like like they are at the top of the game of what they are doing. They've become very famous and successful doing what they're doing. But a lot of them are also music fans. And to have somebody be somebody who is like legitimately famous be fascinated with what I'm doing is a wild feeling. And like that could happen, you know, that didn't need to happen in an arena, but since it wasn't an arena, that was cool. And also just like other things that happened, like um like walking back to my to my Honda HRV with my guitar case and having like, you know, wrestling fans run up to me and be like, were you just in the band? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, what, what where are you going? I was like, home. <laughs> I live over there. Like I don't live far from the UBS arena. Yeah, um, I was wondering if you were going to stick around for the show when you told me no. I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Jennifer, how, how well, did no, you... I actually, I stayed for the whole thing because once, because like it was, um, you know, I think we all stayed. The entire band pretty much stayed for the whole thing because even though, you know, I wasn't strictly speaking a wrestling fan. Some there was a lot of people in the band who were, but it was just cool being in that, you know, in that atmosphere. And also I'm a, I'm a big fan of, to get nerdy here. I'm a big fan of Canon, mm-hmm. like to know that I am part of the extended AEW universe, even if I did not know what the AEW was previous to this is awesome. <laughs> like they're like, like, I am like, you know, I'm like one of the guys that Superman accidentally threw a car on. <laughs> no, because I had texted you because they they recorded some after the dynamite broadcast of uh, another promotion that Tony Khan owns called Ring of Honor, and I texted you if you were still there, and you're like, "No, I'm gone." I'm like, "That makes perfect sense." Um, but Jennifer, how did you feel watching uh, this this segment that that your beloved husband was included in? Were you entertained? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was fun to watch. Uh, you know, I hadn't ever really watched wrestling before, so it was. It was cool to see it. I have a respect for it as as a production, you know, and the elements that go into a production um, and the, you know, the effort and the, the skill that all that takes. And it was just cool to see Tom doing something that meant a lot to him. And that was a kind of a lifelong goal and, and something that, you know, like he said, not a lot of musicians get a chance to experience. So that was that was a lot of fun too and just seeing how excited that he was about it you know and how much joy it brought him and how cool it was for him that was cool for me you know by proxy like yeah, i saw really cool. i saw an audience the same size and from the same perspective as bruce springsteen did 10 days later mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's pretty impressive you know oh, yeah. like not a lot of people get to have that experience so that is very fucking cool I was so yeah. proud of you in the moment. Uh, Jennifer, how did you feel uh, when learning uh, that in the, at, towards the end of the segment when MJF was uh, fighting uh, his future opponent, Jungle Boy, uh, that uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is the son of the late Luke Perry, uh, star of Beverly right. Hills 90210. Right. I had to look up that whole thing because I was like, oh, really? Because Tom told me that. And then I went on with Wikipedia, as I usually do, and read about their life or whatever so that was that was cool and then I was reminded that Luke Perry is no longer with us like I knew that but I kind of have forgotten it so that was like you know I was like oh that's right but then like reading about him and like you know all that he does and seeing him come out I was like good for this guy this is great like he's you know he's creating this character and kind of living on that was cool um Not Tom that, also met yeah. that, was that also Jungle Boy <laughs> used to be friends with a dinosaur man but that's another story Okay, good for him. Yeah, Jungle Boy asked me for fashion advice, which I love. He, because I got to give Luke Perry something like this studly man starts walking up to me, like, bro, do I wear the jacket? Do I not wear the jacket? Do I wear the jacket? Do I not wear the jacket? And I told him to wear the jacket. Um, but no, I told him not to wear the jacket. Anyway, whatever he was wearing in the night of, that's what he was wearing. I will say that the, that, um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, that, MJF's character is to be a jerk, so I'm not going to not going to tell anybody that he's nice because he's not. He's a jerk. Oh no, we're not. He's... Yeah. <laughs> Are we off? No. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, well, I will say that he was cool to me. I mean, is that, I mean, can I, maybe I'm a jerk and we're all jerks. I don't know. Whatever, K-fame. cut it out. K-fame. Cares? It's, a K-fame. it's not going out. It's not going out. Edit, edit, live. edit. <laughs> Go back and edit. <laughs> can I say that Jungle Boy wore clothes? <laughs> you 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 might break kayfabe which is all but dead but uh i'm <laughs> proud of you is. what is this term kayfabe what is K- kayfabe is an old carny term uh meaning to uh portray uh your characters and everything in wrestling as real because back in the day to maintain kayfabe the heels or villain characters couldn't travel or be seen cavorting with their co-workers that were babyface or hero characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you had to maintain that it was real to the point that uh, way back in the day, some wrestlers would not smarten up their children. So their kids were traumatized thinking daddy was fighting for his life every night. If you got uh-huh. injured on TV, and your opponent hurt your neck, you'd be at home in your time off wearing a neck brace in case the neighbors or the mailman saw you. Saw you. Yes. Got it. And and there are Got some uh, children of wrestlers that speak openly that like uh, like Jake Roberts, for existence, thought his dad could be killed at any moment in the ring because he, he kept That's up. That's traumatizing for children, isn't That's it? Jake That's Jake the Snake's pretty... son? Uh, no, Jake the Snake's father. Uh, Grizzly Jake Smith would would portray himself uh, would would maintain kayfabe, but he's also a problematic mm-hmm. gentleman. Let's not go down that negative road and stick with the positive of how proud I am that you got to experience that because uh, you are all elite, and by proxy, it makes our show all elite. Absolutely, that's right. You did this. This movie doing this podcast is now part of um, the AW universe. universe. This is very true. Uh, so let's get into the plugs and where do people can find you if they want to find you. Ladies first, Jennifer. Um, I'm on Instagram at jenanderson1016. Uh, in terms of like performances, anything coming up, um, I'm doing a storytelling show um, at the Magnet Theater, I believe. Let me look up the date. I think it's July 10th, but let me confirm. Would that be what Adam that, Wade's storytelling show? Adam Wade's storytelling, which has been delightful and I've really enjoyed it. Um, that's, Monday. that's a Monday night. Yeah, July 10th. And then, I mean, are we allowed to speak on spooky doings or no? Are we, we, we can't are break we, the kayfabe. We can break the kayfabe. Uh, we are announcing it on the podcast uh, July 16th on a Sunday at back at Young Ethel's in Brooklyn. Uh, 2.30, come in and have a drink. We'll start the show shortly thereafter that uh we're finalizing who's going to be performing um and you can check out spooky doings improv on facebook for all the updates about that uh tom anything you want to plug yes so um you can find me if you want to see me retweet stuff about music and articles that i want to read myself but forget to read you can find me at tom rizzuto t-o-m-r-i-z-z-u-t-o two z's one t at twitter.com you can also find me if you really care to see what i look like you can find me um on instagram tom rizzuto 85 the year i was born uh on instagram dot app or whatever it is and uh uh mjf and i will be volunteering at a soup kitchen for orphans uh just being cool guys (laughs) as you do yeah um and uh reading to elderly people me and mjf have a have a thing where we we just read to elderly people and um just go around finding unhoused people in new york city and uh give teaching them resume skills okay Uh, so uh, now i'm positive this podcast uh is gonna have heat with mjf um and probably uh, <laughs> and, I, and and I welcome him to come on the show and roast me as he sees fit because I think he's a he should uh, come on the show and and uh and dispute my dispute my um your claims my collections of him uh he's a great but, champion anyway you can check yeah. out spooky doings on Instagram um at Rick Guzman seven one eight on Twitter 
Uh, like I said, check out Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook for all the information about our upcoming shows because we pulled a great uh, audience at Young Ethel's last time and we are welcome back. So come on out. It's free. It's just a one drink minimum. You can do that on a Sunday at 2.30. Uh, and yeah, it's a good time. Thank you both for being back on the show. Thank uh, you, Rick. I love you both so yeah. much. You got no fucking idea. Likewise. That's not breaking Cave up. Yes, Fabe. Fabe, whatever. I don't know these things. It stands for um, Kentucky Fable. No, it doesn't. I looked it up. It's actually <laughs> one theory is K Fabian, which was a wrestler that apparently was mute or something. I just looked it up. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> May your firstborn be named K Fabian. Don't have kids. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> For everybody else in the meantime and in between time, stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky.